Hola, hola, bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Pérez. And I'm Veroide Di Flores, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we've got an episode full of new music for you. Yes, it's been a minute since we've done this for you because we've been, you know, bi-weekly and in and out, and last week we had, like, a little COVID scare. Everybody's fine. We're all okay. Mm -hmm. But that's why yeah. we didn't bring you an episode last week, but we're excited to finally bring you some new musiquita. Here we are. Thanks for your paciencia, folks. It's my partner's kiddo had a fever, so we were worried, and I was feeling a little run down, but everyone's fine. All the tests were negative, and here we are. Right now we're listening to Dale Gachaita by J.D. Pantoja featuring Duan, Kiko Crazy, and Joel. So let's take another listen to that. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> um, I just turned 38 yesterday, and I feel as though it might be illegal for me to be on TikTok. It's not. <laughs> Feliz cumpleaños. You're not too old to be on TikTok. I have to give a shout out to Jamila, who I don't think listens to this podcast, but all she posts on her Instagram stories are TikToks, and she's like the sole reason that I finally signed yes. up for it. Because so her TikTok good. reposts are really funny. And so I was like, but I honestly don't check the app very much, which yes. maybe makes me even older. <laughs> this is our friend Jamila King, y'all. She's uh -huh. a journalist and is super dope. And um, you should keep track of her work. But she also yeah. posts fire fucking TikToks to her. Instagram. Yeah, they're not her TikToks. They're just reposts of other people's TikToks. Correct. But yeah, there's funny funny shit i think the reason i don't listen to tiktok more is because like you need your sound on most of the time and uh, i don't always i'm not always uh -huh. in a situation where it's appropriate to like have yeah. sound on also the six-year-old if she hears the video is like wait i want to see and these are often not six-year-old appropriate <laughs> tiktoks <laughs> um, correct correct yeah. i didn't even think about that but yeah i um i feel like jamila and my friend blend both keep me up on the tiktoks so um i think uh, if you're like 
creating TikTok content. Maybe you're a little old, but like watch. I think you can. You're always. It's never. You're never too old to lurk. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. I think that sounds wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't see me doing like a silhouette challenge or anything anytime soon. But um, I definitely do watch them, and they're very funny. But um, mm-hmm. this song is, um, like I said, it's Kiko Crazy and. Um, and who I really, really love, and Joel of uh, Joel Randy fame. That's why I found this, and um, why I'm into it. I, you know, I've said this before, but I just think Kiko Crazy has just an amazing range and versatility as an artist. I rarely see people that are so comfortable and like excel so much in all these different sort of contexts. But I love Kiko Crazy. I think he's doing really interesting stuff. And so I like to keep track of what he's up to and who he's collaborating with. And I'm just into this song because I'm mm-hmm. drinking up all the tropical vibes I can get right now. I'm still in Miami, but like I'm less than a week away from going to Brooklyn, which just had a giant snowstorm. <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like praying. I'm having every single one of my friends who prays pray that it's like going to melt by the time that I get there because I think that it might like get warmer, warm enough for snow to melt. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping for. <clears throat> that's what you're asking people to use their prayers for right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking pandemic and you're asking for that everything there's room for everything okay there's no scarcity there's no scarcity in god's ears right i mean that's what i'm hoping um it's also like um, an easier lift maybe like just bump up the temperature like turn up yeah that's fair that's fair also like climate change you know so you know i think he's already doing that work although i can't necessarily blame god for uh for climate change um <clears throat> uh the yeah the beat for this song is really good i like it's the beat a lot. so good it's so mm-hmm. like dancey and summery but like listen this is what this is how i am like getting to summer this year in my head first of all i have avoided like november through just now mm-hmm. in new york so i've got that going for me then it's only a few weeks until daylight savings time. And that's really the turning point for me because for me, the cold really bothers me, but what really gets to me is the darkness. Mm -hmm. So daylight savings time is just like a few weeks after, like maybe like what is like four or five weeks after I get back. And then after that, it's like March and it's almost over. In April, it starts getting warm. Like, I'm just like benchmarks, man. Like, I (laughs) like doing social justice work, which is like work that will never, ever be done in my lifetime. Um, (laughs) I've been taught to think about stuff in benchmarks. So, you know, poco a poco le llegamos verano. Smart, smart. So has this, this little wintering in Miami, has this solidified your desire to be a snowbird? Oh, 100%. I already, (laughs) I was already trying to do that. I mean, before the pandemic, I already sort of lived, I lived a life that was like a lot, like fairly travel heavy. And um, I, you know, last year I came to Miami a bunch. I didn't like stay for like three months, you know, because Mm -hmm. I just just generally don't like being away from my home that long um, and my space. But, um, but, you know, I came here a bunch and whenever I had like a meeting here or something. I'd always stay a little bit longer with my sister and to hang out and whatever. So it definitely, I definitely do not like the winter 
at all. And I have a lot of family here in Miami, so it's very easy for me. Well, so, I'm really glad you celebrated your birthday in Miami so that I could live vicariously through you and send you pastelitos from my favorite. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was so happy when I figured out that was possible through, like, I don't know, Uber Eats or something. When I went through. <laughs> um, it made me it made me very happy. So I'm glad that you're in Miami for my own I definitely reason. have had an embarrassment of riches in terms of Latino pastries um, <laughs> the last couple of days because I went to Moises Bakery, which I is the saw that. bakery. And too. I was like, oh, shit, she's going to have a lot of bakery. I hope you shared with your sister. Oh, I 100% did. I 100% Good. Good. did. But I've <clears throat> eaten a lot. I do feel like... Um, the pastelitos and the pastries, the Cuban pastries that you sent me were some of the best I've had. So shout out to you. Yes. Yes. El Brazo Fuerte. Shout out to El Brazo Fuerte. This was the bakery that it's like the low key bakery. It's not Versailles. It's not like the flashy one where everybody's hanging out and we would go there on the way to the airport. My mom would like put in an order days ahead for like four cajas de pastelitos and we'd be those people with it on the plane like putting in the overhead compartment um and then you freeze them and you can heat them up for like months at a time so (laughs) well thank you i have been enjoying them well i love the idea of you wintering in miami um i think it's it's beautiful and i hope to someday be able to travel again and go to places like miami yeah well, but I'm glad that you're ready to go back home, too. That my, I think I mentioned that you were in Miami to my mom, and she was like, but doesn't she love New York? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> she does. <laughs> She's very, I was like, you're going to be that one of those bi-coastal bitches, you know? not bi-coastal. Exactly. Uh, I love New York so much that I'm going back to it in fucking February. So yeah. let that yeah. be a testament. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, this next one has Miami vibes um, <clears throat> or the origins sure of it. It does. <laughs> Miami sound machine vibes. <laughs> uh-huh. Miami sound machine, y'all. Okay. So um, this is a remake of a Miami sound machine classic that all of you, I'm sure, have heard. This is by Meek Mill, Leslie Grace, and the producer is Boy Wanda, and this is Conga. Let's take a listen. Now we feeling wavy, chilling somewhere in the tropics with my ladies. By the time my boy wanna, we gon' need some more that conga, cause I Strong. 
Um, yes, listen to this remake. Unexpected, unexpected, but I'm here for it. I think it's actually really great. What did you think of it, Beto? I think I like it. <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? I know. I, mean, I know. Here's There's... the thing. Gonga, the original, is legit one of my favorite classics. I have it on vinyl. It's so, I think That's it's amazing. really good. I, I didn't love, know that about you. I yeah. love this song by Miami Sound Machine. I think Miami Sound Machine is the height of Gloria for me. Oh. Um, so um, I, I really love this song. So for me, it's like, oh my God, how can you mess with the classic? But this is totally fun. Yeah, I think it's really fun. I, I feel you that sometimes I feel very, like, tender about the classics, but <laughs> I think this is great. Also, it's been a minute. You know, it's been, like, yeah, 30 years yeah. or something it's since Conga came out. So, um, <clears throat> But I do not agree that Miami Sound Machine is a peak, Gloria, because I will always be a Mi Tierra stan, as would probably any know. other Cuban-American in the United States. Speaking of which, actually, my tia, I don't even remember sending it to her, but apparently I sent her that episode of Radio Menea. She doesn't listen to the show, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But I sent her the episode about Mi Tierra, and she like sent me this really tender text that I forwarded you. Yeah, and my favorite part about it was that... Cute. Yeah, it was very cute. But my favorite part about it was that I think I talked about how my abuela had this fur coat um, in in Miami that had come from Cuba, and I was like, what mm-hmm. the hell does she have a fur coat for? But it just like hung on the back of the door and like absorbed all the cigarette smoke from the house. <laughs> um, and my <laughs> my aunt Mari still has it. It's actually a mink, apparently. Oh my god! So anyway, she still has it, and she's like, I haven't been able to get to get myself to give it away. And I was like, Please don't give it away. No, I will take it. Like I will. That mink will hang up in my clo- closet forever. Oh my god! Would your boo wear it? She's a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I don't know. I haven't it's asked her. <laughs> I don't haven't. She's not a vegetarian who's like anti-leather. I don't. Well, you know what? I don't know. And Lena would have to speak for herself on this. But, you know, I know there's some vegetarians who are like, you know, if it already exists in the world, like it's a, you know, it's right. like an heirloom. It's from a thrift store. You know, I mean, obviously none of us are out here buying mink coats. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> but also I live in Austin, Texas. So like when? I don't know. I just really just, I just like covet anything of hers because I have so few things of hers, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I just had to drop that in because we're talking about Gloria Stefan. Um, yeah, so thanks, Tia Mari. I don't think you're listening to this, but I appreciate you. Um, and someday I will have that mink in my closet. And it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think this is great. It's also unexpected because like, so Leslie Grace, I started following because she was doing bachata. That's kind of how yeah, she came up right. was in bachata. But it doesn't seem like that's her thing anymore, which, you know, hashtag sad about that. But also <laughs> like got to give people their you know, creative license to do what they want to do. And also like, you know, the market for bachata is a lot smaller than the market for like, you know, sort of Latin pop or reggaeton pop or whatever, you know, it's like, I think it's a hard thing to do. Like not that many people are sadly trying to listen to bachata, especially in like the U S market. So, um, but then, yeah, I don't know anything about the story behind her collaborating with Meek Mill, who's like a Philly rapper or boy Wanda, who's a Canadian, um, producer. Also all of them are, why, you know, I think I, Meek Mill and, and Boy Wonder are definitely black folks. I don't know how Leslie Grace identifies. It's interesting, like, in different moments and times and the way she's styled, I feel like mm-hmm. there's lots of different things happening with, like, you know, her skin tone and things like that. But <clears throat> I would I would say that she's, you know, Afro-Dominican. But she's from, um, she's from the U.S. 
Um, so I, this collaboration was really interesting to me, but also the, the thematics of the song, like the sound, the, especially Meek Mill's part, like really emphasizes blackness, which I think is one of the reasons I like it because Gloria does not do that. Like this is really not a part of her music right, in that right. way. Although obviously like the rhythms and, you know, not that I think that she's like, a, you know, anti-black or necessarily like erasing, but there's, you know, it's not her experience. It's not her perspective. It's not the artist in her in the Miami sound machine. And so, um, I think that's really cool the mm -hmm. way that they remade this and then really emphasize that, especially, you know, it's black history month. I have no idea if they purposely, you know, released it close to that or not, but it has that, um, thread, which I think is, is really important yeah. and cool. Yeah. Happy black futures month, everybody. <coughs> mm -hmm. I was really inspired yesterday. Um, we're recording this on February 2nd. And so yesterday was obviously the first, it was my birthday and the beginning of black history month. And, I was watching the um, Movement for Black Lives video. Oh, man, it's like so good. On, like, black futures. And it's just, like, uh, it's so touching, y'all. You have to watch I it. I know. It's let's put it in so the show beautiful. notes. Yeah, put let's, it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, let's put it in the show notes. Yeah, it was really inspiring. I was like, damn, this is real visionary shit, <laughs> which is not surprising. I know. Because, like, they stay being visionary, but I was, like, really... I was really moved by that. I was, I was really moved so moved. I was like, okay, I'm crying on my birthday now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like beautiful sci-fi, black futures, just stunning. I highly recommend it. So yeah, the video for this is also pretty interesting. It's like sponsored by some, by like Bacardi rum or something. So that's eye roll. But um, <laughs> I really liked the, the visuals of it. So you should check out the video in our show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely cute. <clears throat> but yeah, Gloria's still makes music and it's mostly pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so I love her, but like, I don't think that musically she's like on her peak, but I'm, I'm here for people making interesting remakes of some of her classics. Yeah. What's up next for you for this episode? The next thing that I have is from Tokicha, La Perversa and Yalila Mas Viral. This is a spicy one. It's called Yo No Me Voy A Costar. to the show before I really like her as well she's like super you know um, sexual and open and 
um, you know, loud about who she is. And she's also, this song is also super fucking gay, which I love. <laughs> mm -hmm. But so this came out like sort of like at the tail end of the year. I think that, I think that technically it came out December 30th of last year. So it's been around for a little bit over a month. But it's been causing pandemonium, I feel wow. like, in the DR. Like, everybody is in, um, in like, pearl-clutching mode in DR. Obviously, oh not everybody. Like, there's, like, no. a set of, like, elite conservative, you know, like, whatever, that are are super, like, pearl-clutchy about it. But just because it's so wildly gay, so unapologetic... Um, which, you know, if you followed Kakicha up until now, you'll know is like pretty on brand for her, but she just like hasn't been really that big before, I don't think, as far yeah. as I can tell. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's 2.5 million views on this video. That's <laughs> I just love the escándalo about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yes to gay escándalo, you know, like... <laughs> More gay escándalo, please. Uh -huh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's like forcing some conversations and uh, making people talk about things. You know, like sometimes like our people can be so conservative about some stuff, mm -hmm. especially like women's sexuality. There's like, yeah, God, there's still so much policing and and um, you know everywhere really uh, here too. Um, but it's just so um, pronounced in a very particular way in, in Latin America. And because, mm -hmm. also because Tokicha is like del barrio and like darker skinned and you know, like mm -hmm. all that factors in. And so she's mm -hmm. like, all of, all of it is like, makes it be policed even more. And um, sure. I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about is if you go to the video, um, one of the things that's referenced in this video that I think that unless you understand the context of what's happening right now in the DR is the police brutality and the enforcement of pandemic regulations. I think they start off the video in a cell saying something about like having violated el toque de queda or, or whatever, the curfew. And one thing that's happening right now in DR that's been happening really since March uh, since the pandemic got started last year is that the police in DR have been have been implementing like a really brutal campaign of violence with the excuse of curbing COVID. Um, oh, and fuck. that's sort of the context that is sort of behind this video that if you're in the DR, you know what's happening, but unless you know that's happening, that's not, I don't think super clear why they're in a cell. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so basically like, especially in the barrios, especially in like the working class neighborhoods of the DR, the ways that the police have been enforcing curfew have been extremely, extremely violent and, you know, curfew really disproportionately impacts working class and black Dominicans because they live in the outskirts of cities for the most part and don't have really reliable access to transit. Like the public transit system isn't super well developed and is unreliable and you know so if you have to like work all day like you have to find some time to run your errands but if there's a curfew then like if you get caught on the street and the, it's toque de queda then like you're fucked right and cops have been super super violent have been like beating people and jailing people and there's just been like this really strong enforcement of the of the curfew that's in place because of um because of covid so there's this organization in DR called Barrio Alante that's been organizing on this issue. And, 
you know, while this is like a silly and catchy song about being horny and gay, like it's clear from the video that like the darker context under which all of this is happening. And I just like wanted to point that out because it's like an yeah. issue that's um, a really big deal in the DR right now. And I mean, I don't know if some of you have like seen the videos too. Like I've seen videos that people are like, oh, joking about like the cops, like, you know, beating people on the street or whatever. But it's mm. just, like, it's actually really super fucking intense. And um Movement for Black Lives also just recently did a highlight of Barrio Alante's work um, against police brutality in in the DR. So um, this song is great. It's catchy. It's horny. It's gay. I love it. And also, like, that's happening and important to talk about. Yeah, it's really um, fucked up how, yeah, the answer to trying to address public health crises is policing. I know. <laughs> it's like... It's like, how about you pay people to stay home? You know, like, why are people not staying home? I know. And I think, I mean, it's happening here, too. And one of the things that I'm really scared of is that once we start vaccinating people, that it's going to create, like, a tiered society of, like, who's vaccinated, who's not, who can go places, who can't. You know, my sister got a vaccine, and she got, like, some kind of code where, like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. Maybe they'll, I was like, what are you going to use that for? I was like, did they tell you that you needed it for anything? She's like, I don't know. But I assume that like, maybe at some point, like they'll, I'll need it to travel or I'll need it to whatever, you know? I'm like, oh my God, are we going to like really like <laughs> about to make mm-hmm. this like society tiered based on like who's got this thing and who doesn't. And mm-hmm. you know, all these white people are lining up in poor POC neighborhoods to get the vaccines that are like set for those neighborhoods. It's just, it's just so uh, racism doesn't go away, you know, in the context of the pandemic. And it's like, just, I really worry about everything being entrenched so much more, but the good news is that there's a lot of resistance. Including this video. Including this song. video. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Thank you for bringing it to us. All right. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this episode. So Planned Parenthood Telehealth Services are ready when you are. Um, Their telehealth appointments are high quality. They're affordable. They're private. Um, It's just like in person, but you don't have to leave your house. You can connect with a provider over phone or over a video. And Planned Parenthood Telehealth Services has all sorts of expert providers that can help with things like birth control, prescription refills, um, or just any sexual reproductive health care services that don't require an in-person exam. Yeah, so, you know, skip that waiting room. Don't worry about getting exposed to other people right now. COVID is really in these streets and get the care you need when you need it. You can learn more at PlannedParenthood.org backslash Menea and we'll put a link in the show notes. We also want to take a moment to talk about our membership program because we have all sorts of special things for you all. Yeah, so we launched this um, a little over a year ago as a way to kind of try to provide more sustainability for Riley Manea, mostly just covering our costs. And we um, are really grateful to the folks who've joined it for five, 10 or $15 a month based on your budget and what you have access to, what your, what your, uh, what your bounty is. We'll give from your bounty, not your reserve. Um, you can get access to member perks, including um, a bonus segment on every episode. So member episodes are, don't have these ads and are, uh, you know, maybe like five, six minutes longer. We usually talk about an extra song or two just for the members. So if you sign up um, today, you'll start getting access to a special feed with those longer bonus segments. And then sometimes we do things like um, a special gift or a discount, you know, kind of depends on what's going on. But 
um, we wanted to mention it and see if you are a big fan of Riley Minnett. If you've been listening to us for almost five years now um, and you want to contribute to keeping this show going, you can do that. And the link is going to be in the show notes. Yeah, it super helps us out. It's been such a important um, source of, of making this so much more sustainable for us. So consider it if you can do it. So what's next? I've got a little pop reggaeton situation for y'all. Um, it's called Aprendi, and it's by Jacob Forever and De La Ghetto. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Yo sigo por aquí, tú por allá, no va mejor sin sentir nada. Yo con una por aquí, tú con otra por allá, fingiendo que aquí no pasó nada. Mejor yo sigo por aquí, tú por allá, no va mejor sin sentir nada. Yo con una por aquí, tú con otra por allá, fingiendo que aquí no pasó nada. La culpa es mía por pensar que tú sentías como yo. Lo siento, pero entre tú y yo todo esto se acabó. Tú nunca hablaste claro, pero mi mente entendió. Que tú no me querías y con otra te superó Y te deseo suerte, ya no te quiero ver Y suerte de la mala si me ponen a escoger No me llames, no te voy a responder No me envíes más DM que no voy a volver Mejor yo sigo por aquí, tú por allá No va mejor sin sentir nada Yo con una por aquí, tú con otra por allá Fingiendo que aquí no pasó nada Mejor yo sigo por aquí, tú por allá one of those little poppy reggaeton kind of faves of mine i feel like Mm -hmm. i have kind of like a never-ending room in my catalog for these kinds of (laughs) songs (laughs) like they just are always um if they're done well like you can do them badly and like that i'm not gonna but i think this is done really well and so i just it's like it's light it's fun it's um got a good beat you know you kind of do a little like bop bop to it so uh, this is this is in there yeah, exactly. Um, Jacob Forever is a favorite of mine. He's a um, Cuban artist from La Isla um, and has been doing his thing. I feel like he's showing up more in collabs mm-hmm. and stuff lately. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty cool. And then De La Ghetto is kind of like a, a longer standing yeah, reggaeton artist. Yeah, Puerto Rican from the Bronx. You might know him from his collabs with Arc Angel. They were like a duo back in the day. Yes. Um, yeah. Classic, but yeah. Classic shit. I love you know. that. And, you know, yeah. Him, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Hasta Que Seque El Malecón, I think was the first Jacob Forever song that I heard. And I was like, that, and that's a really, really good one. Um, and then, I don't know. He's, he's still out there doing, doing lots of different things. What did you think of this, Vero? Um, it's all right. I really like De La Ghetto. Um, this is like sort of in the, um, I would say like Despacito genre of Popetón, which... Ooh. Um, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. Necessarily, (laughs) I don't think it's an insult necessarily. I um, have to say that when Despacito first came out, I was like, "Oh, this is fun," you know. Like I was kind of into it because it was like, you know, like whatever, like a fun little poppy song, nothing too deep. But then, like, it became like the monster that it became, and I'm just like, "Oh my God, will we ever be free from this?" I cannot believe that I had to hear it during Joe Biden's inauguration. But (laughs) (laughs) it was like in a. It wasn't during the actual inauguration, was it? 
it was not during the actual it was like some sort of it was like about extra inauguration yeah. like concert or whatever no instead wait wait we haven't talked Osuna about J-Lo. On singing about like no se usa pantisito para que el nene no trabaje like y'all gotta get a translator yeah, you they were... to sing these songs. I know nobody was paying attention. But wait, wait, we didn't talk about the J Lo movement at the inauguration. Ooh, J Lo. You know, one thing that I really admire about J Lo is that she's pretty bad at almost everything she's famous for, and she still is where she is. I have respect for that hustle. I mean, you've got to be good at something to be this successful. <laughs> she's a good dancer. Maybe she's a good businesswoman. She's definitely a good businesswoman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's beautiful and she's a good yeah. dancer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her voice her. isn't that bad. I don't know. I know. I, I saw so many people just being like, oh my God, JLo. I mean, I give her credit for, you know, it was very political, right? Like it felt very political what she did. It felt very political that she's Puerto Rican and on that stage. It felt political that she spoke in Spanish. The whole, like, let's get loud moment was really just kind of hilarious, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just wanted her to go somewhere more with it, I think. But, yeah. you know, it's an awkward it's an awkward moment. It's not an easy ask, like, it's yeah. the inauguration, you know? So It's funny um, because the song that she sang was This Land. And, you know, like, This Land is Your Land, This Land is My Land. It's an old Woody Guthrie song, which I think as far as I know, Woody Guthrie was extremely political. He had, like, a, a sticker on his guitar that said, This Machine Kills Fascists. Like, he was, like, um, not trying to fuck around. And he, Woody Guthrie, did a lot of uh, singing folk songs about... Um, working class people and I think this land is your land it was sort of meant to be like ironic Mm. and I think that like (laughs) that history has been lost because it's just like oh yeah no we're all here this land is my land and your land is like oh you know that's actually not how it goes we're still like on colonized territory you know like indigenous people like really were here before this and this is their land so I feel like right. even though like the original spirit of the song was meant to be pretty revolutionary, I don't know that I think that that's been lost over the years, and mm. just, it was just like all very awkward. I thought it was all extremely awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, she was pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did feel emotional to me though, like to to watch the inauguration and like reflecting back on four years ago when Trump was inaugurated and like how terrifying that felt. You know, I remember. Oh, God. I remember like. That day, I mean, I woke up like in a real like depressed sort of like, I don't want to watch this unfold place. And then the fact that he lied about the crowd just like really got to me because I was like, wow, like this man will lie about anything, you know, which is true. Like it ended up being 100% true. Like he he's going to lie about everything. But it was just such a, you know, because some people were like, well, maybe he'll be not, you know, like maybe won't be as bad as whatever we're worried and then he fucking lied about the crowd at the inauguration. And I was just like, wow, we are fucked. You know, <laughs> like, like this person. And it's true. I mean, he was just, he was horrible. But so it, it, it did feel meaningful to be like, okay, this is a yeah. new moment, you yeah. know? And like, you know, I know Kamala Harris is like a prosecutor, former prosecutor. And she has a, like a long record with a lot of really shitty stuff. And, like, there's still something about, like, her and her family and her, you know, like, mm, being part of this. I didn't feel it. I mean, shout out Kamala. But I was yeah. like, I didn't really have any sort of that feeling. I was just like, I mm. think it's it's definitely, like, 
tainted obviously by of course you know like barack obama didn't have a record like there wasn't anything to, to sort of pin him to because he was a junior senator like he didn't have a history so it was like much easier i think to just be like make him a hero kind of you know even though he wasn't mm. in a lot of ways but with her like if you're a prosecutor you have a record like we can literally look at all the people that you put in jail you know it's like a tough um it's a tough place to be in terms of like looking at somebody's politics but i do think and that made me sort of like less excited about her from a political perspective but i do think like there's a lot of symbolism that really does matter about who's in the white house and like what people see and like for you know black girls to be able to see themselves there you know so yeah anyway yeah and i felt that a little bit more that day than i did um also that poem by um amanda the young person amanda corman was amazing that Mm -hmm. was amazing anyway and now it feels like that was 12 years ago but Right. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Um, yeah, we the, we just went down a, a whole journey, but the song was just a little, yeah, just a little pop reggaeton confection, as Vera would say, um, <laughs> that I think some of you will appreciate. All right. So the next song that I have for you all, my last song for today is a slowdown. We have a little bolerito for y'all. This song is called Un Bolero and it's by Martox. Son como las de la mañana y no sé qué hacer. Recuerdo el sabor que dejaban tus labios. Eran dulcito como la miel y al despertar siempre te Buscando respuestas que ya las sé Es mejor que no vuelva aunque mi corazón te prefiere Vivo ahogando mi pena en los labios de otras mujeres Si mañana pasa por tu mente llamarme es obvio No voy a contestar, yo sé que eso está mal Y me cuesta aceptarlo pero lastimas talked about liking boleros a lot on this show in the past and um it just it's really nice to see young people take up this form i think it's a really sweet really nice really beautiful um genre and and i i love to see new newer versions of it um and this is marcox who are a dominican duo it's juan miguel martinez and eduardo valdera gil and I've just been really into this. I think it's really dope. What did you think of it? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Right? Yeah, it's really pretty. And also, like, um, yeah, it is sweet to see young people taking up this because I just, it feels like from a different generation. But, um, right? I mean, it reminds me of a bachata, but it doesn't have the bachata beat, you know, like that slow, that sweet, that, which is, again, is like goes back to my feeling of like connecting bachata and boleros. Um, yeah. And also, these folks are Dominican as well. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really pretty. Very pretty. I'm really into it. I think it's a really sweet song. How did you find this? 
How did I find it? I don't really know. Sometimes I, I can tell. I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe somebody that I know posted it. I don't really remember how I found mm-hmm. it. Things sometimes enter my sphere and I forget mm-hmm. how, they, how they got there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I like that boletos are on our Venn diagram of overlapping music <laughs> tastes. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the next song is sort of a shift <laughs> mm-hmm. from this. Um, different vibe. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, this is a song by Major Lazer and Paloma Mami, and it's called Que Lo Que. Let's take a listen. Juro que soy un ángel sin ti, pero son labios me hace dudar de mí. Quiero ser, ya no quiero decir. Fronteaste tanto ver si vas a cumplir. Esta otra nivel, medianoche vamos a partecer. Tu placer no hace querer ser fiel. Contigo no hay nada que perder. song and um, we we like follow my mommy on the show we brought her before she's like an up-and-coming um artist i mean she's, she's come up already um from miami um has had a, a number of really big hits but i feel pretty mixed about major laser so right. it's kind of like i want to bring this because i really like it but i'm also like diplo yeah we do it's really annoying when people you don't like make good music you want to tell the fans why we don't like diplo <laughs> i mean he's just like an appropriating white dude you know what yeah. i mean like he yeah. like is a very very much like the dictionary definition of culture vulture and he does a lot of like hopping around on Caribbean rhythms and um, you know he works with a lot of people from um, the cultures where he's you know stealing shit but they rarely get as big and rich Mm -hmm. as he is so um, Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't really seem very fair and he's just gross man he's just gross and he's a fucking douche and he's basic and he thinks he's really smart and edgy but it's really um a tale as old as time does he have like bad behavior too on top of being an appropriator culture vulture i mean i do know that like in terms of the artists that he works with like i don't see them getting their just due you know yeah yeah um in the same way that like you know we know him and his music and Mm-hmm. I know that, like, he also, when MIA's 
big breakout album came out, everybody was under the impression that he produced it and he never corrected anybody. He never like wow. took the time to correct anybody and it's just like, no bro, like and my was like, I produced it. Like I like barely even talked to him about it. Like he didn't produce it but he like didn't want to correct anybody because it was a big moment in pop culture. Uh, and it's yeah. so he's just gross, man. He's gross yeah. in like all of like the expected gross white dude ways and yeah. it's not edgy it's not cool it's just like really very basic and yeah. normal and old and whatever but mm-hmm. you know he's he knows what to steal he steals the good shit you know I so know. and know. it's for me like you know like in terms of like Paloma Mami I would find it really hard as an up and coming artist who's trying to make it big to like say no to working with a name like that you know what yeah. I mean yeah yeah, like, and I like, they made I a good song together. Yeah, I wouldn't like judge anybody for that. I wouldn't judge anybody yeah. for that because it could be a make or break moment for people. So, yeah, I don't judge people for it for working with him. But um, you know, he's gross. He's gross. It's a larger yeah. systemic issue. For real, for real. Yeah, as it's not it all. No, <laughs> as, as as the music industry overall. Um, right. Yeah, I wouldn't normally. I wouldn't, I mean, I don't do, you know, I don't listen to a lot of, um, I mean, I guess I do listen to some music that he crosses into, but not as much, I feel like, as maybe you do, Beto, but I, I, this song came across our radar and I just like couldn't ignore the fact that I really Mm -hmm. liked it. So Mm -hmm. I decided to bring it despite my reservations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The aesthetics of this video are fun too. They're very like 90s, like fisheye lens, like there's a moment where she's, where Paloma Mami is wearing this like big baggy puffy yellow coat and there's like this mm-hmm. fish island it's like sort of like a missy elliott moment so that's also fun totally well thanks so much for listening y'all um we are going to do our best to, to keep coming at you weekly 2021 is you know trying to not let us be great but we're that's our intention so hopefully we'll, Ooh, we'll be yes. back on your feet next week soon i'm gonna be home i've you know Mm -hmm. our sound is hopefully gonna be figured out from here on out i you know want us to not be sick to Mm -hmm. you know have our things taken care of so we just want to be great for y'all that's all we want yep that's all but yeah hopefully you've enjoyed all the new music there's a lot of stuff that we mentioned today and we're gonna have the notes as always reflect that so all the songs and all the things that we mentioned today from some of the movement for black lives work and the adelante network and all that stuff is going to be linked in the show notes so make sure to check us out there and we're also on instagram on twitter all those places follow Mm -hmm. us take a look yep and we added some new items to the tienda recently, so you should go check those out if you haven't already, particularly the Perreo keychain, which I think is really hey. cute AF. So Definitely very check cute. it out. Yeah, if you're looking for some new swag for your keys. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like a little Valentine's Day present. I don't know. Whatever it is. A little winter pick-me-up. Um, yeah, check it out. at. Um, we'll have the link in the show notes to the tienda as well. All right, babies. All right, loves. Hasta la próxima. Talk soon. Bye. Regalo sin compromiso que tú estás bellaca. Esta noche con ti, mami, yo gato la paca. Si te loco aquí te empuña, tú no te me zafas. Te voy a moldear hasta la chapa. Qué pasa.